to the Breakfast Blend Podcast. I'll be your host, Sam, with my lovely wife, Joyce. That would be me. Yeah, so we got a bit of news uh, the other day. Um, it looks like my company is actually sending a group of uh, um, doctors and PAs to New York City to relieve some of the people that are already working there. <gasps> That's neat. Yeah. But I felt like I couldn't go for, you know, three weeks to a month without you because we haven't even been married a month, a whole year. <laughs> uh, but Joyce is actually going to come like halfway and we're going to hang out on the weekend because I'm not working on the weekend. Yeah. How do you feel about that? About just coming along? Going to New York and everything. Oh, well... I mean, I guess I'm glad that I could come because... Otherwise, you wouldn't have gone, and I would have felt, mm, I would have felt like a little bit. I don't know what the English word is, but in Korean we say "ashua," like um, not like wasteful, but like kind of like your elbows are ashy. <laughs> no. <laughs> sure. Like wasteful, kind of. Um, or like, uh, what's a good? Like word maybe like a little bit remorseful. Oh. Yeah, like. It was a good opportunity that opened up, and it would be a shame if you hadn't taken it. Sure. Yeah. So I'm glad things worked out, though. It did. Um, so with that, um, you know, I was thinking about, like, even with the whole George Floyd thing going on, and I know you have a lot of opinions on that, and we can go through that and uh, dissect that later, but... This uh, idea of calling. So I feel like during COVID and um, especially with like this race thing, I think first thing I, I see is social media and these Instagram posts or Facebook posts by uh, a lot of pastors. And I feel like pastors, um, they're having a central role in our society. Um, and I feel like a lot of young, maybe Asian Typically guys, because, you know, hmm. it's a little feministic. Uh, right, right, you know? right, right. Um, so they feel like they have this calling from God or whatever it is. Uh, they have a feel like they uh, they get so absorbed in this, uh, this word calling that it actually can harm, it can confuse, and it can misdirect um, a young person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not just calling for um, just like being a pastor or going into medicine or anything like that, but just like they have this unhealthy view and um, maybe not unhealthy, maybe just like not complete view of calling. Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to discuss is, you know, I feel like with New York, for me, uh, part of my calling I see now, I never called it my calling when I was younger. I didn't think I should be in medicine. I was like, you know, a normal student. I didn't take any AP classes. I know you did because yeah. uh, Joyce did model in UN too. So <laughs> she's a big nerd. Um, I was complete. I was completely opposite. Um, so I never felt like I had a calling. I never felt like I was uh, certainly special in any way. Mm. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, in like the most crazy time in this country in the past 20 years, 
Um, uh, God has put me in a position where I can actually serve. I feel like he put me on this earth to do something like this. Mm. So I want to talk about calling. What are your thoughts? Um, were you ever told that, uh, like by a, a, a spiritual advisor or a mentor that, you know, you had some sort of calling, uh, negative or positive. Mm. And what did you think of calling when you were, with the word calling when you were younger? Mm. Uh, and then now. Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't know. I think um, calling growing up, I feel like that word was just mainly, I don't know, interchangeable with purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your purpose in life? And what is your purpose or what is God's purpose for you? And why did he create you? Um, and I feel like that's been the general context in which my own spiritual mentors and advisors have used it in. Yeah. Um, but I guess what you're saying is that people place too much emphasis on that or... I feel like young kids, uh, not me personally, but when they hear, hey, you have a calling to be a missionary or something like that. Uh-huh. And their view of what missions looks like is so small. Their view of calling is just so uh, narrow. Uh -huh. Um, I feel like it can sometimes harm them. Okay. Like they're going for something that's not actually something that, you know, God wants for them. Okay. So then whatever. how would you define calling? Uh, for me, um, uh, I would make it very vague and very loose. Your calling is very broken down into, um, you, you have to find out your purpose here, your purpose here isn't, I think, very specific. You know how people say there's a um, your uh, soulmate? Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of runs in that vein oh, where you feel like there's one person for you or for right. you like uh, these people, uh, these kids think that there's one path to um, fulfilling their destiny, fulfilling their purpose. But I feel like that's rarely the case. I feel like... Um, like, I think your case is, like, not great because you just followed t everything to a T. <laughs> You're, like, the perfect uh, Korean-American daughter. Because um, oh <laughs> Joyce is a nurse. Uh, she had a uh, the wedding that uh, her mom wanted. And uh, she also married a Korean guy who's also in medicine. So... She's like, you know, a Korean uh, mom's dream. Checking off the boxes. Yeah. But I feel like with most people, like people that go into, they have some sort of a success, their path is so convoluted and is never what they set out for. Sure. And they somehow get to that point. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I feel like calling isn't necessarily the specific route. Um but if you make it very vague, make it very general, they give some room for people to like make mistakes, try things, new things, and mm. uh, ultimately fit, you know, with kind of like their desires, um, sure. what they're good at and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So what would you say your calling is to serve people? Is that what? Something generic like that. Okay. Um, something like helping young people. Uh, not make the mistakes that I made when I was in my early 20s. Mm. Um, I think that's sort of my purpose. I actually don't know 
And if you looked at my life, you know, I'm married, I have a, a, a secure job, uh, I'm a going to New York, things like that. And you'd be like, oh, this guy has it all together. But in reality, when you view these people that have success, uh, I think the, the there's this false, um, this false romanticized view of these kind of professions and where you think these people are at. But most people are still on the journey of finding themselves. Yeah. Mm. And I think the kids need to know that even like being mm. a nurse, when you first started nursing, mm-hmm. um, maybe you thought that being a nurse would be like awesome and you'd be giving good care to like, you'd be only helping good people. Mm. But uh, I'm sure you found out that once you're in nursing, you're also helping bad people. You're helping uh, people that are um, not emotionally healthy, that are like cursing at you, that are demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how would you tell your younger self? Would you warn yourself, uh, younger self, about that, um, uh, the position that you're in now? Mm. Is that a rhetorical question? No, you can answer that. Oh. No, I think I everything that has happened in my career, I've expected. Like, oh, really? I just told myself, like, don't be surprised by anything. Like, whenever people are sick, they're going to be acting out of, like, a place that, like, most people don't get to encounter. Um, so I just told myself, like, never be surprised. Like, don't put it past people to, like, c- behave out of complete depravity. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're perfect me purpose. So your the inner desires of your heart are to fulfill whatever purpose that you deem is important at the time, right? There's probably an overarching purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe before you got before you talk about <laughs> that, because I feel like listeners can get lost. Yeah. Um, if you want to go into that, we can go into that. But basically, what Sam is saying into it. is referring to is really heart motives. Yeah. You want to explain what that is? Um, it's just uh, we'll go through this with uh, uh, my friend Tim, but uh, basically a system um, to figure out. Um, how you want to be like God. Uh, I think that's like the root of all sin. Um, you, we want to be God our, us, ourselves. And so some people, it manifests a different way. So for Joyce, it's like um, her purpose is her way of being God, her purpose be done. So um, she'll like, uh, not sh- herself, but people that are um, purpose-driven, they will, um, they're often very, um, Accomplish. They're like successful people. I feel like they get a lot of s done, mm. and uh, I feel like. But the problem with these kind of people is, if you're not super grounded, if you don't have like uh, humility, if you're not aware, self aware, uh, you could hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So okay, what were we talking about? So you're uh, you're purpose driven. Um, how did uh, uh, why did you choose nursing as uh, as your um, career? Um, How did that fit into your purpose? Well, um, I I knew that, um, or at the time of when I was kind of trying to figure out, like, what am I going to major in? What am I going to study? Um, um, what what am I going to strive for? Uh, because 
I needed something to strive for as a, like Sam said, perfect me purpose. Um, I, I knew that there was like a growing, um, desire for like, you know, serving like the underprivileged and, um, and I also really loved, um, my experiences overseas, uh, on various missions trips and volunteer trips. Um, so with that in mind, I knew the two routes to, <laughs> to give me the most opportunities in those areas would be either education or health. Um, and then I just, I don't know, I happen to be decent at science and things like that. And big I, nerd, big nerd. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, I thought medicine was like a cool way to serve people in a very practical manner. Um, so I just, I don't know, on a whim just decided to apply to a pretty competitive program. I think like out of over a thousand applicants, they only selected 20. Um, Joyce's father didn't believe in her and tried to convince her to go into the military, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, well, honestly, I didn't think I would get into this program, but somehow I did. And then even in like um, getting all my classes for, for applying for this program, because we all know how much of a struggle it is to get the classes that you need, like all your prereqs, especially the ones that are inundated with students and are impacted like the sciences business classes those are the ones that are that get booked so quickly but somehow it just kind of all fell into place and lined up and then I was like all right I'm taking this as a sign that God you want me to to go down this route and surely enough he sustained me through school I there are many moments where I felt like I didn't pass or I shouldn't have passed but yeah. I did and um, I graduated got a job and that's kind of how I ended up where I am. But I mean, I I still kind of have this like feeling of like, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be or sure. where I think I should be. And I think that's like what Sam is trying to say in, in the sense that like calling is not necessarily like an end destination or a goal. It's not like the end of all means. Um or at least calling in the most traditional sense that people understand it. Um, but it's definitely kind of like a guiding, like a, a guiding point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So nursing is kind of like how I, that's how I view nursing. Like I feel like it's a guiding point for me to really accomplish like what I, I, I don't know, whatever God um, set me here on earth to do um, and how to serve others, but right. definitely not limited to that. Right. Yeah. I feel like um, calling is actually not a calling to as a vocation. Calling is actually um, a call to a um, combination of things like submission, um, repentance, and also character. Um, I think for me, maybe because it's it just, it just rings true with me, but the calling that God has had for me is not, it could, I could be, I could be doing whatever. I could be, um, uh, an accountant in a cubicle. Uh, I could be like a, uh, <laughs> lion master that. at a circus, you Would know, you even fit in a cubicle. <laughs> uh, I probably, probably hate that. Um, I feel like even, any of those cases, um, my calling would be to, wherever I'm at and to do it well. 
and to mm-hmm. love people. Mm-hmm. Like um, medicine wasn't my choice at all. It was uh, I thought it was most practical. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even though I'm already like you know uh, already set in my career and everything, uh, I'm also open to things changing. Right. You know, because yeah. I think my calling isn't to medicine. I think it's my calling is to uh, self awareness and also. Um, serving others. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. the more I get to know myself, I'm just like, oh man, I'm far from where I need to be. Yeah. Um, I think that's the good thing about being in my thirties now. Mm -hmm. I realize how short I fall. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also, uh, am not consumed with that, um, either. I might've been in my early twenties. Yeah, so I feel like it's so dangerous when like an older uh, mentor figure tells a young young person who's like kind of unaware of this stuff, hey, I think your calling is this this and that. Um, I feel like sometimes that could be helpful. um, But I think, I feel like in general, older people with authority need to be careful what kind of advice they give. Sure, yeah. I don't like... When the people that give the most advice, mm-hmm. I feel like, are the people that shouldn't be giving advice. Hmm. I think they need to be really careful in giving advice or even bringing up an opportunity to mm-hmm. a person. Um, of course, it might not be for them, but you also need a vet because right. you can be affecting these kids in like tremendous ways, their family, their health, uh, their well-being. And you, you may be seeing it so flippantly. Right. Yeah. The weight of your advice is a lot heavier the more yeah. authority that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'd be wary or then you'd be aware of that mm-hmm. power um, and the, of the advice that they gave. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I took off my earphones because I don't know why I'm wearing it. <laughs> oh, that's true. No sound is coming out <laughs> <laughs> They're actually ear moss. It's cold in here. Um, So I feel like even with us, uh, I think marriage is a good allegory to this calling thing. Hmm. Like I tried so many different things. uh, Not so many. Maybe like a handful of (laughs) girls and just trying to figure out what was the best. And uh, there's actually some really nice fits. Yeah, there uh, were. Mm Mm-hmm. I just said no to it because I'm like a gut guy, you know? I mm. feel it in my gut. If it's not right, even though it makes logical sense, I'll actually go with my gut. Mm-hmm. So mm. I, I went with you, but I could never have planned that out. Mm. I could never have said, hey, Joyce is my calling. Uh, it was just all of a sudden. Um, and I feel like a lot of people that are, are success stories, like whether it's like um, Richard Branson, the Virgin uh, Atlantic guy, the... He's, he's rich anyways. Um, or like, uh, a lot of the, uh, like billionaires in the world, um, they never got to where they were thinking that they were going to get there. Actually, it was all just very good, uh, timing, uh-huh. a lot of support from other people. Mm. And it was just like a lot of luck, honestly. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of privilege, of course. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, your calling could be anything, but I think like the most important calling is to be uh, self-aware, um, and also to serve others. If you're, 
you know, professing Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Vocation is like whatever. Yeah. I think one thing that people get mixed up with is um, their desire for significance too. Mm -hmm. And that can go into Enneagram Mm -hmm. um, and uh, heart motives too. But um, did you have something to say? Well, I just thought um, what you were saying about um, our calling is to be self-aware. Yeah. And a lot of people might not agree with that statement, but I think it's something to consider, especially when, you know, like Jesus cites the most important commandments as being loving God and loving others. And in order to love others, we have to understand ourselves, sure. like to love others well. Right. And I think that's where self-awareness comes into play. Yeah. So I, it's not, a, it's not like some kind of like, oh, mental health, like, oh, I don't need any of that. Like, right. yeah, You're I think that's, a, that. yeah, that's still a stigma that is very much present in the church. But, um, but we're seeing a positive direction. Like we're seeing, so. we're yeah. seeing more conversations about mental health and not just for like mental illness, but just in, in the sense of, um, self-awareness and, um, just harnessing tools that help us to understand ourselves and one another so that we can love each other better and work with each other better. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like without, like I started going into my uh, self-awareness journey, maybe a little bit before. I came to California when I spent a year in Mexico. I think that was the start of it. Mm. Um, Through that, I feel like back then I was seeing in like 2D the world and myself. Mm. It was just very, very shallow view of of the world. And that's all I knew. That's all I knew. Uh, But after learning about it, reading it, um, I feel like I'm seeing in 3D like the entire world and myself. Uh, and I can see the depths of my sin, my own like inadequacies, my insecurities, all these sorts of things. So when I view calling back in the day, it's yeah. 2D. And right now I'm looking at it in a, uh, a third dimension mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is a lot more whole, my, holistic, my view of uh, calling. It's not so like one street, one way sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually very nuanced. Um, some of my, some of the best people you'll ever meet are people that don't know what they're doing with their lives. Uh, they don't know what their calling is. Uh, I feel like they're, some of them are just like, you know, need help, but some of them are created in a way where they don't fit into this, like, um, our capitalistic society, uh, like, uh, uh, someone who like thinks differently. They think in way different patterns in the world. Uh, they don't think like um, uh, uh, traditional logically, mm. and they kind of zag when everyone zigs. And uh, I really like those people. Those mm. are some of my friends, and they uh, really, really challenge me um, to think differently about the world, about God, uh, my life, marriage, all these, all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was thinking about when you know going to New York. Um, I was like, hey. The culmination, they actually asked me, Yeah. do you have any uh, experience in disaster relief? Right. And I thought of uh, when we went to Kenya. So uh-huh. Joyce and I were, uh, we weren't dating at the time, but we went to Kenya and we were like the only, we were on the, I think we we're the only medical trained people 
There might have been like. Well, there was also L. Oh yeah, there's a pharmacist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but then aside from us three, everyone else was, was volunteers, yeah, students, uh-huh. things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like it was Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> and uh, I've done so many of these trips, like um, all over the country. Uh, no, not all over the country, all over the world, really. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, when that I saw disaster relief, I was like, uh, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> mm. You know, because. Uh, uh, New York is New York. I know with all the COVID thing, it's it's a little bit dangerous, but it's actually a lot better now. Uh, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, all my missions trips that I've been going to every summer, um, although it was hard, difficult, I didn't understand it, didn't completely comprehend the things that I was doing there. Now it kind of makes sense. Um, I felt like it was a culmination. All of those experiences are preparing me to go to New York. In New York, it's two weeks. I kind of view it as mission trips that I don't have to pay for. They actually pay me, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> uh, but I feel like when... Pastor is not just the only calling to serve and uh, to preach. I, I, I feel like uh, the rest of society... Um, there's a lot of good to be done. We need a lot of other people. We need people like, um, we definitely need people in medicine and there's plenty of Christians in medicine, but we actually need a ton of people in litigation, fixing a, a broken justice system, especially what we're seeing right now right. with uh, systemic racism. Mm-hmm. One book I really recommend, I did a book club with my church uh, friends, uh, was called The New Jim Crow. Um, if you haven't read that, you really must read that if you're any if you if you've seen those videos of George Floyd mm-hmm. and you haven't read the New Jim Crow um I it, it affected you mm-hmm. you have to read that book um, I guess I'll have to read it Yeah yeah <laughs> so it's basically uh a breakdown of how um uh we went from slavery into New Jim Crow and there's systemic changes um have shifted the the way uh, slavery has actually worked mm-hmm. and now we're in a current stage of mass incarceration uh, where they make laws where they would um, easily imprison black or brown people um, in order to keep them down pretty much mm-hmm. um, so the, there's like a, a thing in the 80s Reagan created it I'm sure someone else created it, but he was uh, important for it but basically uh, it was like this war on drugs but it was actually a war on black people and brown people because oh. the drugs that they would attack were like drugs that were pro- predominantly used by uh, minorities like mm-hmm. uh, crack cocaine um, not cocaine uh, not as much marijuana uh, but they would uh be very harsh sentences on these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like sometimes for life for, you know, you're their third infraction of like selling a small amount of weed or Jeez. something like that. Mm-hmm. So these entire lives are like broken apart. So, okay, where was I going with this? We need people um, that are justice warriors um, that are, because some of those justice warriors at our church, we have them that are right. fighting like, uh, um, like ICE and yeah. also uh, like uh, immigration reform. Yes. These are people that don't have a platform, 
yeah. necessarily um, to reach out to the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, we need people in education reform. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of racial bias in that, a broken system, of course. We can talk to my friends who are in that. Mm-hmm. Medicine, the, the whole healthcare industry is very, very broken. Yep. Number one cause of bankruptcy is actually uh, healthcare related. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you go, you, let's say you're an immigrant. You're a second generation immigrant. Your parents like basically almost died getting to this country, and because of the laws that are unjust and uh, the privatization of healthcare uh, the system, um, they get cancer, they go bankrupt. It's a huge burden on like our generation where we have mm-hmm. to take care of our parents, and it's like what this this country is one of, is like the most it's the richest in the world, biggest economy in the world. Uh, uh, what are we doing here? You know, uh, we need people that actually know this stuff. You yeah. can't just know the Bible. I, rem- I remember thinking when I was younger that yeah. there's no other, uh, someone told me this. Um, I, I think there was like a book recommendation I asked or something like that. Mm-mm. It might've been me. It might've been a friend. I can't remember. Uh, but someone else would be like, Oh, the Bible is only the book you need to learn. And at, at that time I was like, Oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Cause you know, uh, it's the most important thing. But uh, after learning about how the world actually works, I'm like, oh, man, you got to get educated on this stuff, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that are like looking into calling, I, I wouldn't say vocation is the thing you should be looking at. It mm-hmm. should be other things. Get educated. Um, do you have any thoughts on this choice? Sorry, I went on a little <laughs> rant there. You did. <coughs> Sorry, I'm choking up. My it's okay. Blood. It's very emotional. <laughs> no, I think um, what you said about just the need for... We just need leaders in different spheres of influence. Um, yeah. And it can't just be in a religious context. So what you're saying about like, we, you know, it's like, um, I guess... I think what you're saying kind of touches upon how the church sometimes can idolize or or maybe idolize is too strong of a word, but at least put on a pedestal like, um, you know, being a pastor, being a missionary, like those vocations um, as like uh, callings to strive for or um, to pursue. Um, um, I think... There definitely needs to be a change in the way that we look at that. Yeah. And just knowing that, you know, we need to go to the places where um, Jesus went. And oftentimes that's that wasn't in like, you know, ministry context, but it's always been kind of like in the corners and the places where people don't want to go. Right. Um, and so in, in that sense, like it only it would only make sense that we have people within different spheres of influence yeah that's so needed um and i think it's it's almost like wrong it is wrong i i would say for the church to like um to i guess like value one over the other yeah um, as opposed to empowering its members to um really take it upon themselves to be the light in those different spheres right um because we need a wider reach I think it's very cultural too, because I don't know if I definitely don't think like Caucasian churches mm. think like this. I uh-huh. think it's like a predominantly Asian. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I don't know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure if there's someone who's like really into like uh, Asian American history, Asian American history, yeah. Christian history, um, church history, uh, it all makes sense where that stems from. Uh, but it's still present in our churches today, and uh, it can be toxic. Um, it could be misleading. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not like very. People don't think of it very in a nuanced way. Mm -hmm. um, and the way our society is going, we're going to need people that are not traditional mm. to reach the rest of the, the world here. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, this is a new generation. Uh, they're not going to respond in the same way that the old generations did. Mm. You know, there's not as much as respect, you know. It's, the cultural is becoming more of a melting pot American, and um, it's changing a lot. So I think we need to go with the times, too. Uh, so, so certainly, some traditions are there for a reason, and it's important. We honor traditions. But we got to understand why we honor these traditions, which ones are um, things that we need to keep going forward with. Uh, but the um, honorification of um, calling and pastor and missionary is something we need to get, not rid of, but we definitely need to start changing it, mm. making it a little bit more nuanced instead of just black and white. Yeah. I mean, I even think about you, like, um, in your own right, okay, when you think of missionary, it's like... You go out to Africa and you're helping all these black babies, right? It's always like that white girl with the, uh, you know, with the skirt holding a bunch of black babies for like two weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> Appreciate that. Help us get uh, uh, clean water. Thanks. Um, and uh, I think like when you when uh, your calling was to, uh, is 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 to be a nurse at this time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest effect that you have, one of the biggest effects is actually with your nursing friends. Mm. Um, how, I mean, Joyce had one uh, friend that was a nurse that um, had a difficult time. And uh, it was like a matter of life or death. Uh, but all, and it could have been, you could have easily just judged her. You could have easily just like dismissed her, told her where she was like sinning. But you did the opposite and you just loved on her. And I feel like that is like the most, that is what missions is. Um, and if you can't do that in America or you can't do that with your family, right. your, your calling is definitely not to be a missionary in, you know, Haiti or Guatemala because mm. you do not have the emotional skills. You do not have the vocational skills. Stay home, Karen. <laughs> Or Sarah, and, Sarah the Korean Karen, right? <laughs> Sarah Kim or Grace Lee. To be fair, we have a lot of uh, wonderful friends named Sarah. Yeah, my cousin's actually Sarah. Yeah, Kim. that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just my hope is that people would view these things in a nuanced way mm -hmm. because I certainly didn't when I was younger. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm hmm. Any other book recommendations that you're reading or any podcasts or any um, Netflix shows mm. that have been helpful for your uh, growth? Oh. I think we said How We Love last time. Yeah, How We Love was a good one. 
Well, I'm reading uh, Little Fires Everywhere right now. It's good so far. I feel like um, it touches on very like uh, subtle, like cultural and societal nuances, um, especially like the differences in privilege and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still in the middle of reading it, so I don't really have like much else to share about it, but I, I'm like, I'm kind of like almost like eager to like see what happens because yeah. like it's, I'm like reaching a climax right now in the story. So okay. it's, it'll be interesting to see, but, um, the author is, uh, is Asian. So Celeste, Celeste, Ng. Ng. I don't know how to say that. Ng. Ng. Ng? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Vietnamese though. Yeah. Okay, I've seen ing, like E-N-G, I-N-G, that's like Indonesian, Chinese Indonesian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe similar, I don't know. Um, How about what you? Am I, what am I reading? What are we reading or seeing? Um, or do you have books that kind of like shaped your understanding of calling? Of calling? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Malcolm X? Malcolm X? I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, <laughs> that's a different copy. Um... <laughs> Calling, calling. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell, probably talk about later. Um, Things that shaped how I... You know, I really recommend uh, David and Goliath. It it helped change the way I view things. What is an advantage and what is disadvantage? What I think is like uh, basically like good in the world Mm. and how... He's very subversive. I really love that. And he takes a look at uh, uh, a common thing, like David and Goliath, the actual biblical story, breaks it down. He's like, actually, David, uh, this story is actually told false. And he goes into the historical documents about how slingers were one of the most dangerous people in medieval times um, because they could kill people from like, you know, meters or yards away. Hmm. Um, And so Goliath had all this heavy equipment. He was actually made to, um, and all his armor and his uh, huge sword were was actually meant for fear, um, and he could crush someone one on one, right? Right. Uh, but they switched the game up. David, if he brought in a sword, he would have died immediately. Mm-hmm. He switched the game to um, like he went from checkers to chess, and uh, David had all the correct uh, tools to kill this guy. So actually. In that particular setting, yeah, David wasn't at a disadvantage. David was in an advantage. Hmm. And so Malcolm Gladwell goes through different things, different aspects of life, um, saying like dyslexia. Most of us think it's a disadvantage right. or a learning disability. Right, right, right. Uh, but often this is an obstacle that uh, young dyslexics have to go through. Uh-huh. And they, have to, they are some of the most successful people wow. um, in the world mm-hmm. uh, because they had a... Uh, Okay. They have to think in a uh, different way. They have to uh, cope in a different way. Uh-huh. Uh, they have to process the world in a different way. So mm-hmm. they become very, very good at talking often. And oh, they have to be wow. very, very good at listening. So their, uh, their other uh, senses or skills become heightened more than us because we could actually read normally left to right. You right. Know? So that's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I really recommend that book to start with. Um yeah. I mean, did you want to touch on um, any of the uh, stuff that's going on in our society right now? 
Maybe we can save it for another episode. I think that's yeah. like a, that warrants a whole episode on its own. I mean, we could talk about so African American, but there's also Asian American, Latinx. There's so many yeah, social. Yeah, just systemic things. racism yeah. is just uh, it's a beast to tackle. That's true. That's yeah, true. because there's so many different players and yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. And um, I'll let you guys know how New York was, but I'm a little excited. I leave June 8th Hello. for two weeks. He's already um, packed. <laughs> I am not packed. Um, hopefully, Levain's is open. <laughs> and I do want to get a sliced pizza. Oh, we're also doing a Daniel Fast uh, where we've basically Daniel Fast. Chris Pratt made a famous recently. Uh, but centuries old and not just Chris Pratt. Um, last time we did a Daniel fast, we started dating. So it worked out for us. Uh, not that, you know, not the prosperity gospel, but no. uh, basically we gave up. We went vegan. We cut out sugars and uh-huh. we cut out caffeine. Yep. Uh, for 21 days. Uh, and that's basically for us to like, um, I, I hate this new age language, like recenter ourselves um, and uh, kind of detoxify our minds um, to what the world has been feeding us and um, just align our hearts closer and closer to God. So I think doing that once in a while is important. You know, in, in Japan, um, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's Japanese, there's this basketball player um, that does this thing. It's like a Japanese concept. It's I forgot the word for it, uh-huh. uh, but it's basically... Every year, what he does is commit these, like, huge physical challenges uh-huh. uh, to, like, press beyond his own um, limitations. limitations. So, one was when he was with his brothers. Yeah. And uh, the, basically, they carry these huge stones uh-huh. a, uh, across, like, this lake or ocean. Uh-huh. And they'll take turns. So, they'll, they'll swim all the way down there grab the stone and carry it as far as I can and go back up. And it's like this constant cycling. So he did that once. He did a marathon once. Uh, He does it once a year just to like challenge his body. And actually he's one of the oldest NBA players and he's still playing. He's like, I think he's like almost LeBron's age and he's like still going. Yeah. Um, But I feel like fasting, I feel like we have to do that once in a while too. The whole concept Mm -hmm. of like pushing beyond our limits and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the fasting is not just for that, obviously, but uh, one of the reasons you can use it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a day three of our Daniel fast, and we're going to do it for 21 days. Mm-hmm. So we're one seventh of the way there. Yeah, yeah. We've been eating a lot of, uh, we ate some vegan pizza today. It was okay. The vegan like Thai that. food yesterday was good, though. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been more gassy with this. The diet this fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But your your gut will get used to it, and then it'll be it'll be all good. Yeah, I think I think your yeah, the bacteria in your gut are probably getting adjusted. Yeah, maybe that's why I feel a little off. Yeah, yeah. I feel like tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bloated. Maybe that's why you had headaches. Maybe you're having caffeine withdrawals. I don't. Yeah, I think I drink more caffeine. Anyone in medicine, especially nurses. Oh my gosh. I still drink so much coffee. It's like, it's a problem. Um, Don't get withdrawals though, so. Oh, tomorrow's your first day of work without coffee. I know. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. I mean, what can you do? Just, uh, there's no alternative. No. You can't have sugar. Mm -mm. Nope. Well, 
hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully some fruit will help. Hey. <laughs> maybe an apple? Yeah, maybe an apple. <laughs> yeah. I've never eaten so many dates in my life until I married you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if you guys have any questions, we'll actually uh, put the email, our email down, our joint email account. If you have any questions, um, fact check us if you want. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're open. Hope you guys have a good week. Mm-hmm.